Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Wasted Brain Cells podcast. Great show for you guys today. We'll be talking about the college football playoff, along with Wake's Bowl and Carolina's Bowl, um, with Heisman predictions at the end. We'll then be talking about the movie theater experience during COVID for our TV and movie segment. And to wrap it all up, we got um, your guys' breakfast hot takes to go over. Um, if you're not following us on Instagram, follow us at Wasted Brain Cells Pod. Um, we are very interactive there and have been doing polls on Instagram to get hot takes. Um, also, big news today, we got our first guest on the show. Uh, me and Logan's good friend Jacob Tubner will be here today. He's a big Clemson fan, so interested to hear his take um, with the college football playoff. All right, enjoy the show. And remember, we can't guarantee you'll get smarter, but we can guarantee you'll lose brain cells. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the welcome to the sports section of the Wasted Brain Cells podcast. Today, we're going to be going over the college football playoff as well as a few other bowl games and give you our intake on who we believe should win the Heisman Trophy. The first bowl game we're going to talk about today is the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl between Wake Forest and and Wisconsin. Brad, what do you think about how you like Wake Forest chances in this one? All right. So I, I'm first off, I'm just glad we got a bowl. I mean, I wish it wasn't called the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I wish it was still called the Belk Bowl, but <laughs> hey, at least we got a chance. Look, the per, the team that's going to win this bowl game is going to be who can play defense the best. And so I think the keys for Wake is um, is like, can we play defense? Can we win the turnover battle? And can Hartman connect with the receivers? Because when we played Louisville, um, for people who don't know, we should have won that game. I mean, we were uh, – I mean, that was an easy game for us to win, at least I thought. And we got blown out. Um, and it's mainly because our defense sucked. And for the first time, we have a really powerful offense that scores a lot of points. And, well, our Hartman was off with our receivers and – I mean, one of the main reasons I think was we, we hadn't played a game in a month because of COVID. So, I mean, that's what happened. Um, and this is a very good Wisconsin team. Um, they started out their season pretty well, but um, they've had games canceled for COVID. They've lost um, some close games. Uh, I think they lost to Iowa and a few other good Big Ten teams. So, yeah. Um, and so I think the team that – will. Like I said, defense will um, win the game, but also whoever can sustain drives, keep tempo, and win turnover battle will win. Um, I know Wake's um, football team is one of the greatest teams with tempo in college football, and so is Wisconsin. They like to keep the tempo too, so whoever has the ball the longest I think will win. And one thing Wake does, even though their defense is awful – we won the turnover battle. We've won the turnover battle in all, all our games except for against Louisville and I think Clemson. So those will be some of the keys. Wisconsin, um, they've had, you know, all these QB issues of COVID. So um, they're going to have Graham Mertz starting, who's had um, over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns to five interceptions. And then Hartman has had 1,906 yards to 10 touchdowns and one interception. So um, turnovers are going to be key. Uh, Hartman, he hasn't looked too great the last couple of weeks with protecting the ball. So that will be an issue for Wake. Um, so I've talked about what Wake needs to do a lot, what 
Wisconsin needs to do, they have a slightly better defense. And one thing that Wisconsin hasn't been able to do though, is get pressure. And um, they've had a little bit more trouble with getting turnovers. So um, the way that Wisconsin is going to beat Wake is if they get pressure on Hartman. Hartman is a completely different quarterback if you get pressure on him. Like, he, he stays in the pocket too long when, like, it's collapsing on him. He makes bad throws. And, like, sometimes I'm like, throw it, get it out of your hands because he's about to, like, get blindsided and fumble it. So that's what Wisconsin will have to do. Um, and so, lastly, I do want to point out, COVID has affected both teams tremendously. Like, wait, went a month without playing a game. Wisconsin's had like two or three of their games canceled. So it'll be whichever team like um, can like get past those struggles, get past like that rustiness of not playing. Um, that, that will also be great. Um, so I, I think that's all I have to say about this game. I think it will be a very close game. I think both teams are pretty good mirror images. Um, both teams have great running backs. Um, but Christian Beal Smith, the Wakes running back, he'll have to step up because we have our stud. Kenneth Walker opted out for the rest of the season, and he's had a great season at running back. I think he will be tremendous for us the next two years. So um, Christian Beal Smith is also a stud. And Wisconsin, they like to run a lot too. Their run game really helps their pass game out a lot. They have two great running backs with Jalen Berger and Garrett um, Groshek. But I think um, Jalen Berger might be out because with the Big Ten's COVID issues, I think he, I think got COVID or is injured. So it'll be interesting if he could play. But yeah, that's all I got to say about Wake's Bowl. For my two cents of this Wake Forest Wisconsin game, from what I've only seen one uh, one game this year from each team, I saw Wisconsin clobber Michigan, but that isn't saying much because Michigan yeah. is just beyond trash. Michigan is terrible this year. <laughs> I saw. Wake Forest play my North Carolina Tar Heels, and Wake Forest looked amazing in that game. Yeah, like their offense, that when their offense is clicking, game. when their offense is clicking, they're probably one of the best offensive teams, probably in the country. Honestly, yeah, we are. This is great. This team, these two teams are just about dead even. It's just who can get like more defensive stops. Whoever right. forces more turnovers wins this right. game. That's all I got to say. We'll about be down in the trenches. Yeah, so it will. Sure. Yeah, I'll go Wake by three, just because I've seen more out of Wake. Yeah, um, Wake. They've looked amazing in all their bowl games they've had the last five years. I mean, we upset Texas A&M when we played in the Belk Bowl. I think we come to play in our bowl games, and I think we'll win by a touchdown. Now, I don't have a lot to say about this bowl game, but, you know, Wisconsin started out amazing this year, and then they just kind of fell apart, and most of that was due to COVID. Right. And Wake has, like, COVID issues too. Mm-hmm. But – I think Wake will win by a touchdown. Now, Wisconsin yeah. does have a little bit of a defense, but like you said, Brad, Wake comes to show up in these bowl games. Yeah. And I really think Wake will win by seven here. All right. All right, Logan, I say we now talk about um, your Carolina Tar Heels, which honestly, um, I'm still a little salty that we lost to y'all, but I, you guys have one of the most crazy teams, I think, in football right now, so – um, it's finally our time. Orange Bowl. All right. First of all, I've never known. This is the first time in school history Carolina's ever made the Orange Bowl. This Orange Bowl has always all included right. an ACC team for years. First time in history Carolina makes the Orange Bowl. Couldn't be happier for my Tar Heels. And I want to put this in perspective for everyone, just how big this bowl is to Carolina. 2018, this team finishes 2-9. and nine. 
This team was trash. This team had quarterback issues. They had a new quarterback each week. Defense was abysmal. This team was horrific in two years ago. So what this team does is they bring Mac Brown out of retirement. And I got to be honest, I'm going to eat crow here. I didn't think Mac Brown was going to be a good coach two years ago. I thought he's old. He's retired. He doesn't have what it takes anymore. He's not going to be able to connect with these players. And boy, was I wrong. In a span of two years, he's taken this team from two and nine to the Orange Bowl. I don't even think many coaches can do that, to be honest. Come out of retirement, a relaxing lifestyle, get back into coaching, take a two and nine team to the Orange Bowl, and have like all these players he didn't even recruit. But like I said, this was this team's crazy this year. It's one of the best offenses in the country, no doubt. With Sam Howell, double trouble with the running backs, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, amazing receiving core. The only thing I hate about this team is their defense. Defense is way too inconsistent for me. They played great against Miami, but they played terrible against Wake Forest, Virginia, Florida State. So it's just a toss-up what you're going to get defensively. Now, coming in this game, I really liked our chances when it was first announced. I loved UNC's chances to win this game. I thought we're probably – we might actually pull off an upset. Our offense is so good. But then this week we found out Chad Surratt, Deami Brown, Michael Carter, Javante Williams will all skip the Orange Bowl to head straight to the draft, which these are probably four of UNC's five best players, I'd say. There's mm-hmm. probably two – four of the top five players are not playing this bowl game. So yep. a lot of people are counting Carolina out. But the last mm-hmm. thing I think people should do is count our team out. This team is going to be hungry. This is the biggest opportunity we've had in a while. This is one of the biggest bowl games in school history. I think Mac Brown's going to come up with a good game plan for this game. Sam Howell is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I still stand by that. This guy's. you ever watch this guy? This guy is magic. He creates plays out of nothing. He can scramble around. If he can scramble around, find some time, find some receivers. And a couple of these running backs have to step up. The third and fourth stringers have to step up. It's our opportunity. I think Carolina can keep this close. But in the end, losing your four of your top five players isn't going to be a good recipe for success. So I'll say A&M gets the dub in the end because they are the fifth-ranked team in the country. And with right. all the ops, at, ops out, I got to go A&M wins this. Mm-hmm. But I would like to point out, though, old Jimbo Fisher is 0-2 against UNC. So let's make it 0-3 against old Jimbo. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan, I have um, a question. Um, how do you think the defense is going to do um, when it comes to the rush attack? Because um, – uh, Carolina gives up 147 rush yards a game and going up against Isaiah Spiller in SEC's second best rush team. Um, how do you think that's going to go, especially with losing your top linebacker? Oh, it's going to be horrific. I, I, I'm scared, honestly, because the one bright spot in Carolina's defense was Chesterett. The whole defense is not good, but but Chesterett was like the only really good defensive player we had. And, with that, and he's our best run stopper. This dude was making tackles at the line all the time. I think this team might be lost without him because I don't know what we're going to do at linebacker. He's our best player on defense. He might be our best player on the team, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know what we're going to do to stop the run. That's my thing. I'm scared yeah. it could be like one of those games where Texas a and just runs all over us. That's what I'm saying. I'm low-key kind of scared for this bowl game. The only thing I'm hoping for is Sam Howell and Daz Newsom just can go off and make this game close. But yeah, just, we're not, we're not going to stop the run. I already know that. Also, who is going to start at running back? Because you guys lost both of your studs. Do you even know? I don't even know. Who, I don't think Mac Brown has even announced <laughs> the start at running back yet. I don't know. Um, they didn't play the third string running backs at all. All they would do is let uh, Javante Williams, Michael Carter just trade off carries. So I don't know who. I think it's British Brooks who's the third string running back, but I don't know mm-hmm. if he'll start. I don't know who's starting at receiver now because we got Deami Brown out. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. Daz Newsome. Our other wide receiver, Bo Corrales, is injured. So 
Oh, shoot. I think it's Coffrey Brown who's starting at wide receiver, but okay. Like I said, they okay. haven't even announced half the offensive starters, so that's what's got me concerned. Also, right. Um, I see the only way Carolina winning this is Sam Howell finding a way just drop dimes. Only like your defense, like it's not going to be able to stop Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So the way you guys are going to win <laughs> is how you beat Wake scoring every single time i mean your defense did step up though against wake in the third quarter i remember shut us down so if your defense could get a little energy maybe like you know i know they're going to keep it close to um first half so if they could get some energy make a big defensive stop in the third quarter get a turnover and then sam howell will do the rest but i'm gonna say this i have texas a&m winning by 10 okay i'll say this though is a here's my thing about this game do you think AM will care enough to actually try to do good in this bowl? Are they going to be salty key. that they didn't make the playoff? Oh, or are they going to be like, oh, we're mad that That's we didn't make the – either – it depends mm-hmm. on how they take it. Are they going to be like, oh, are they salty they didn't make the playoff and don't care? They focused on the playoff. They're like, oh, it's not the playoff. We don't really care. Or is it, oh, we got robbed of the playoff, some people mm-hmm. feel, so let's go out and stomp North Carolina to prove a point. Mm-hmm. I think Carolina might honestly take – I think this this game means more to Carolina in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, A&M, it does. I mean, I, I mean, Jimbo Fisher's done an amazing job at Texas A&M. Don't get me wrong. He's a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame coach. Yeah. The coaching job is also going to be great this game. Jimbo Fisher and Mac Brown, two Hall of Fame coaches. Mm-hmm. But this game means yeah. more to Carolina. We'll say that for yeah. program where they mm-hmm. were two years ago. But I think just Carolina's spirit can keep them in this game. But yeah, it's going to be – they have a task ahead of them. I'm just going to say I, that. I, I, I hope Carolina wins. I love to see ACC teams beat SEC teams. Yeah. I was so hyped when we beat Texas A&M in the Belk Bowl a couple years ago because, well, we never beat Jimbo Fisher when he was with Florida State. So, yeah. All right. Um, you got anything else to say or should we yes, move on? I do. Tube, okay. let's hear your opinion on this game. Let's hear right. Tube's opinion on, on this game. game. <clears throat> I agree with Brad. I have A&M by 10. But the only reason Carolina will win is the mindset thing you know like does A&M really care like you said Logan like do they care enough to I mean they want to win this game but like when we I guess they think they got robbed with not going to the playoffs and you know that was the same case with Georgia two years ago against uh Texas you know and Texas killed them you know Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a Sugar Bowl two years ago. Yeah, it was, it was a, a big Bowl. upset. And Georgia didn't even care, felt like. And I just think the only reason Carolina will win this game is if they and that is if they will show a lot of spirit, and they will. You know, they're Carolina. They're going to show a lot of spirit. And Sam Howe will make this a close game. He will. Even if they're down by a lot, they're going to come back, in my opinion, just because of Sam Howell's play. Because that dude is amazing. So I, I think it'll be a 10-point game now – a and M's going to score a lot of points. A and M might score in the forties. They probably will. We didn't even mention Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond's amazing. Kellen Mond's amazing too. We didn't mention that. Kellen Mond's and, great. You know they have the second best running back in the SEC. You know Texas A and M does. They're going to run all over y'all. Yeah. Y'all's defense is going to be terrible. It's going to yeah. be horrific. I don't see the. I don't see y'all stopping their run game nor Kellen Mond. But oh, so, we're not. We're but, not. I already know that we're not. Sam Howe is going to make this a 10-point game. And I just feel like y'all's hunger, y'all's fight, and y'all's will 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 make it a 10-point game as well. You know, and Texas A&M, will they really show the same amount of fight and spirit that Carolina will? You know, that's right. the difference with this game too. So I, th- I think A&M will win by 10. 
Oh, I think we'll. I think Carolina will lose by seven. A and M by seven. But I will say this: no matter what happens in this game, I'm proud of this team. Yeah. Two and nine to an Orange Bowl. Yeah. I can't really be mad. I yeah. think the final score will be forty-five to thirty-five. Oh, yeah. it's a shootout, probably. Yeah. Shootout. If we had all our players, I'd honestly think we could win this game. But yeah, yeah you but guys would have won. I, 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 we would have won if we had all our players. We're missing Deame Brown, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Chas, Chas Surratt. Surratt. So Surratt. many players. You know, those are they were really all Amer- players. These guys made All-Americans team. Those are like four of our five best players. And this yeah. sucks to not have those four. Four of your five best yeah, players. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. It's going to be horrific on defensive end. All defensive right. side of the football. Yep. <clears throat> All right, I say we move on to um, the granddaddy of them all, college football playoff. I say we start with the Rose Bowl um, mm-hmm. with Alabama and Notre Dame. Um, I'll, I'll start first what I think about this game. Um, my, my main point here is Notre Dame couldn't stop Clemson the second um, meeting, so they won't stop Alabama. I mean, that, that's just what I think. Um, uh, going into, like, key players um, – Devonte Smith, the best wide receiver in the game right now. Yes. Um, he leads not a question. Col- not a question. No debate. Football with um, a thousand five hundred eleven yards, seventeen touchdowns. Um, also, key to note with Alabama, Najee Harris, one of the best running backs right now. Him, Etienne, Kyron Williams, um, both. Devonte Williams. Devonte yeah, Williams. Both running backs from Michael Carter. Michael, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this Alabama offense is great. We we um, so yeah. Um, when it comes to Notre Dame, though, their key to win is um, can Ian Book get the pass game going? He has less than two interceptions this year, so you're not he's not going to um, really mess up, I don't think. But we've seen this um, team struggle with getting the um throwing game on like they 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 do some short passes and stuff but you I, I mean watching their games you never see them really get the deep ball going so can they get those explosive plays because this Alabama offense is going to make explosive plays and I know the Notre Dame defense is the greatest defense probably in college football arguably but I mean we all know that football's turned into an offensive game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how great your defense is. If you're going up against a great offensive team, you're not going to be able to really stop them. So the key for Notre Dame's defense is can they get turnovers though? So um that that's what I think. But then again, Notre Dame, their offense doesn't have enough um to compete with Alabama. So I think Alabama's gonna win this game by a good margin. What do y'all think? Two words, Alabama wins. I don't have to think much about it. It's it's going to be Alabama. Their defense is going to dictate if this is a blowout or not. That's all I got to say. A- Alabama will win this comfortably, I feel like. I don't see Notre Dame stopping Alabama. All right. Um, I think Alabama will win by 17. Um, I do feel like Notre Dame will show, will show fight in this game because they're going to want revenge from the last outing against Clemson, in which they put up 30 – I mean, they – gave up 34 points against Clemson. So they're probably going to get, give up like 40-something against Alabama. They're going to. It's it's not a question. They're going to give up 40-something. Now, they do have a really good defense. But like what Brad said earlier about Ian Book, I mean, will he get the pass game going? And Alabama's defense has been sort of horrific this year. I mean, it's not been good. I mean, it's been a little sus. But Devontae Smith's going to be amazing that game. Mac Jones is going to be amazing. 
And I just don't see Notre Dame stopping Alabama's offense, no matter how good their defense is. And Ian Book's going to run with the football a lot. He's going to scramble a lot, I feel like. And Alabama's defense is going to give up a lot of points with Notre, with Notre Dame. I really do. But I still see Alabama winning by 17 here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think um, Notre Dame can keep it close, though, if um, Bama's run defense doesn't come to play. Um, when Alabama played Ole Miss, they gave up 268 yards in rushing. But ever since then, you look at their games, they've been able to stop the run. But, um, you know, Ole Miss isn't a great the greatest team. And now you're playing Kyron Williams, who's been a stud this year for Notre Dame in the run game. So I think it could become a little interesting if Notre Dame gets a run game going. Alabama still wins. I'm keeping it real on this show. Alabama still wins. Yeah. Alabama's going by 17. Yeah. Move on to the next. All right. Alabama all right. wins. Alabama by 18. All right, um, the game that I know Jacob's hyped for, Clemson versus Ohio State. Maybe he's a little nervous. I don't know. What do you think about I'm nervous, game? all right. I'm nervous. <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you my take on this game first. This is from a Clemson fan. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. from a Clemson all fan. Right. I think we'll win by three. The reason is, is because Ohio State's going to want revenge from last year. And I know their team's not as good as last year's. They're missing three key players in which they're missing Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, and J.K. Dobbins, which really hurts Ohio State a lot. Now, I feel like the six games might actually help Ohio State because they're going to have a lot of rest, in my opinion. And y'all might not think that, but that could be a real factor going into this game that helps Ohio State out. And Justin Fields has still been playing really good this year. Now, against the elite Big Ten – well, not elite, but against the good Big Ten teams, he has struggled, in which that is really concerning. But I still think he'll play good this game. Now, Trevor Lawrence will outperform him. Travis Etienne is going to outperform Ohio State's running back. And Travis Etienne, in my opinion, is going to have a field day this game because Ohio State's defense has not looked good against the good Big Ten teams. Like, they're last in pass defense in the Big Ten. Ohio State is, so I think Clemson will still win by three, though, because Ohio State's just not going to let up this game, no matter if they're not as good as last year, no matter if they're missing their three key players. I still feel like we'll only win by three, and the disrespect that Dabo Sweeney did to Ohio State by by ranking them 11th will really put a fire under Ohio State's butt, and I really think it'll be a three-point game here. So. Yeah, that's that's how I see it. Yeah, I think you have a good take. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, he, he wants to win this uh, um, championship. And I think um, when you look at the matchup last year, Trevor Lawrence played better than Justin Fields did. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin Fields threw two interceptions and um, Lawrence um, didn't. I mean, Lawrence was all great in that game last year. So, um, but... I, I think it was interesting what you pointed out about ETN, uh, that he'll have a field day. I personally don't think he will. Um, Ohio State, even though – Ohio State's secondary is trash, completely trash. But they got one of the best linebackers in the game. 
um, Pete Warner, um, the linebacker for Ohio State, um, leading their team in tackles, and he's on mm. the Buckkiss Award watch. And their D-line, you know, they've lost a couple of players, but um, it, it, it's still been a decent D-line. They, I, I, I looked it up. They have actually um, the seventh top run defense, but – um, so, but I think if you guys get ETN in the pass game, some, oh, yeah. uh, you guys will win because of the passing ability and scramble ability of Trevor Lawrence, because they will not be able to stop the Clemson offense. Also, I think, um, Ohio state, I mean, Ohio state will lose because Chris all, um, Olaf, I, I don't really know his last name, but he's like, they're one of their top receivers. He's going to be maybe out because of COVID he got COVID and couldn't play in the big 10 championship. And with the big 10 ruling of, I, I forget how many days you have to be out, but it's a long time. So they don't know if he'll be able to start and out. Um, and Justin Fields injured his thumb, mm-hmm. um, against Northwestern. So it'll yeah, be interesting to see how his thumb will be. And also, Maybe you guys will be able to get ETN going because Ohio State's other good run um, linebacker, Baron Browning, is also might be out with COVID. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Trevor Lawrence does in the pass game. I think um, you guys will be able to do really well um, in the pass game and just shred up their O line. But I think the key for success for Ohio State is um, their running back, Sermon, who you know, it was like, how is he going to replace J.K. Dobbings? And he's honestly done pretty good. He has 675 yes. yards on the year, averaging eight. So it'll be interesting how Clemson will stop the run since um, Brett Venerables likes to blitz mm-hmm. a lot. So it'll be interesting what they do against the run. But, yeah, I think you're right. Ohio, I mean, <laughs> Clemson by three. Logan, what do you think? I'm more confident on Clemson. I think if I hear, I'm going Clemson by ten. I think that. For, I get for psychological reasons, like Dabo Sweeney ranking Ohio State 11th. For what happened last year, Ohio State blowing that lead. Ohio State, I'm pretty sure, has never beat Clemson ever. Mm-hmm. All these psychological reasons, I get Ohio State kind of has some motivation, a lot of motivation to win this game. But they lost Chase Young and Jeff Okuda on defense. That's going to come up huge. Chase Young, if anyone watched that game last year, knows that dude's a specimen. That dude's a monster. Mm-hmm. He's probably was our most valuable player last year. He was keeping him in that game sometimes. Like He got some hits on Lawrence. Losing him, losing Okuda in the secondary is going to hurt them. You match these two teams up, you can obviously tell Clemson is the way better team, in my opinion. I think Clemson gets a 10-point win. They own Ohio State, better team. They're rolling. That Notre Dame win, how they killed Notre Dame is going to get more momentum. I can't envision Ohio State winning this game. That might, I mean, I might be eating those words later, but I can't envision a scenario where Ohio State ends up beating this Clemson team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, I, I've just been kind of a little bit on Ohio State side, but I, I mean, yeah, I have Clemson probably winning it all, honestly. Um, so I think, you know, we all are agreeing it'll be Alabama, Clemson. Who wins though? Clemson. Yeah, I have I'm I have Clemson, Clemson winning you, the team? national championship, and I did say Alabama before. But I think Clemson's going to win this game because Alabama's defense, like I said earlier, has been horrific this year. It's been terrible. And if Trevor Lawrence gets the pass game going, in which he will against Alabama's secondary and defense overall, 
Trevor Lawrence might have a field day, you know. I mean, he, I mean, that defense for Alabama has just not been good this year. And Clemson's defense has been good. Like, okay, later on, like against Boston College and Notre Dame, the first time the defense looked sus, it looked terrible. But mm-hmm. I feel like, and it's been coming to play, you know. Like it, the second meeting against Notre Dame, Clemson's defense was just amazing. And even though it's going to be against Alabama's offense, in which Alabama will score a lot of points, they will. They'll score in the 30s. Mm-hmm. But I still think that we'll find a way to win. With When we're fully healthy, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are the best quarterback. Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are the best quarterback and running back team in the country when fully healthy. And now this year, you could say, you know, Sam Howe and Javante Williams are amazing. I mean, they were. They Javante Williams, you know, he was the best running back in the ACC. But I, I just think when fully healthy, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, best running back team in the country, like I said. And I just – I think we'll win here. We'll win by three. Our defense, it'll give up a lot against Alabama, no matter how good our defense is and no matter how bad Alabama's defense is and how amazing Alabama's offense is. I think we'll win by three. Yeah. All right. I say we move on to our Heisman picks. Um, Logan, I I liked your take um, um, yesterday when we were talking about it. Um, who you got winning Heisman? I feel like this this isn't a runaway Heisman race. This is a tough Heisman race. This is one of the races where you – like usually the Heisman every year, it's like, okay, we know who's going to win this award. I honestly have no idea who this award's going to, but if I had to give it to somebody right now, it would be Kyle Trask of Florida. I feel like – He's probably been a little disrespected this year. This dude's putting up some amazing numbers, and I feel like he's really not being appreciated as he should be. As we all know, it's a shortened college football season. The SEC only played 11 games, including the SEC championship. He only played 11 games this year, which is a lot shorter than the most normal college football seasons. So through an 11-game season, keep that in mind, 11 games, Kyle Trask has 4,125 passing yards, 43 passing touchdowns to only five interceptions. That's more than an 8-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. To put this in perspective, how good these stats are, and tw- we all know how 2019 Joe Burrow was. That was probably the best season in college football history yes. for a quarterback. Undoubtedly. Probably even, yeah. And Joe Burrow's first 11 games last year, he had 4,014 passing yards, 41 passing touchdowns, six interceptions. So through 11 games, compared to Joe Burrow, greatest season ever, Kyle Trask has more passing yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions. I don't see how you cannot give it to Trask with those numbers in perspective. Keep in mind the 11 games. Devontae Smith's amazing. I have him second in my race. Trevor Lawrence is the most valuable player in college football, but he's not the best statistical-wise. I think no. the Heisman's more of a statistics award. He's not. I don't think Mac Jones even – I don't see how we can get this award because I feel like if you're going to give it to an Alabama player, you got to give it to Devontae Smith because he carries that pass offense. Yes. So. I think this is Kyle Trask's award. I would give this to Kyle Trask with Devontae Smith getting a close second. But, yeah, I'm going to go Kyle Trask of Florida wins the Heisman. Stop right. disrespecting him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. Um, when it comes to football, my favorite position to watch is wide receiver. And what Devontae Smith has done this year, I mean, even with a shortened season, is incredible. He leads um, college football with 1,511 yards receiving and 17 touchdowns. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he – did he miss a game or two this season? Do you guys know? I don't think he did. 
did he? Oh, okay. Maybe he didn't. I, I thought he did. Maybe he didn't. He might know. have. I don't... But yeah, I, still I, short I think he's season. Make... Yeah, it's still a shortened season though, and so that I I think is crazy. I think he um, is going to make this um, show that a receiver can win the Heisman because I mean it's really turned into a quarterback award. I think a little bit. Um, but I, I think he's going to make it where, hey, a wide receiver can win. He's just had a great, phenomenal season, and he's definitely going to be a really good wide receiver in the NFL. What do you think, Jacob? Who's winning the Heisman? I have Kyle Trask win the Heisman. You know, he leads the country in passing touchdowns and passing yards. And he does have Kyle Pitts, which helps at tight end. But I just think this Florida offense has just been amazing all year. Now the defense has looked bad some, but – I mean, what Kyle Trask has done this season with this Florida team, I mean, to lead the league in pass, passing yards and passing touchdowns, the country rather. And now, you know, they stunk it up against LSU, in which it wasn't all Kyle Trask's fault. I mean, the defense just played terrible that game. And the same against Alabama, you know. Kyle Trask has honestly carried them with, um, you know, you know, because the defense just – just never showed up like against Alabama and LSU and Kyle Trask has made a big impact on this Florida team this season. So I have Kyle Trask win the Heisman. Also, I'm going to point this out. This is disrespectful as they can get. Kyle Trask was all SEC second team and he leads the country wow. in passing yards and touchdowns. He was Whoa, all SEC second team. second team. He is being dis the disrespect oh on this God. man is unreal. Kyle Trask, if you're listening to this, I am sorry. You are getting disrespected too much. This is unreal. I'm sorry. The, I just don't get all the disrespect. Like, yeah. I get if you want Devontae. Devontae Smith, honestly, has a great case with Heisman. I wouldn't mind if you want it. But put some respect on Trask's name. Trevor Lawrence is the best so. college quarterback. But Trevor Lawrence is the best college quarterback. On that, but Kyle right. Trask is the best statistical college quarterback. I have one more thing to say. All right. Now, I get Kyle Trask lost three games this year, but think about it. Lamar Jackson back in 2016 was the Heisman. He was amazing that year. He lost three games. It's the Heisman. It's not really who the best quarterback is. I mean, Kyle Trask has been the best quarterback this season, but Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the country. And same with Deshaun Watson back in 2016. But, you know, Lamar Jackson just had a better season that year. And – just because Kyle Trask has lost three games should not hurt his Heisman case at all because he is the Heisman. And this is coming from a Clemson fan, so Kyle Trask for Heisman. Right. I Yeah, that is completely disrespectful. I think we ought to talk about this, Logan, maybe on a different podcast, but I think college football has become pretty biased with, you know, picking teams for the college football playoff. You know, I'll say that for another. I can go on about that. I'll say that for another episode. The marketing for college football has made it kind of bad, but yeah, I say we talk about that on another podcast. But all right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for our sports talk on wasted brain cells. All right, everyone, welcome back to the wasted brain cells podcast on our movie, uh, on our movies and TV segment today. We're going to talk about. Um, the movie experience during COVID. We all know COVID's affected practically everything and affected you know, the different business industries like the restaurant business, travel industry. But I think it's affected the movie um, theater business the most. And uh, with our guest today, um, Jacob, he actually went to a movie um, 
on Saturday um, at a movie theater. So we're going to ask him about his experience about going to a movie theater during the COVID pandemic. So Jacob, what was it like? So, all right. So I'll tell you what movie I watched first of all. All right. I watched this movie called News of the World. It's a Western movie with Tom oh, yeah. Hanks, and starring yeah. Tom oh, Hanks. It, it's amazing. It's a, it's a nine out of ten. You know, somewhere around there, nine and nine out of ten, eight and a half out of ten. It was just an amazing movie. Um, it, you know, and so the experience with uh, the movie theaters and COVID. You know, once we walked in the building, you know, into the movie theater, we had to wear our masks, obviously. You know, when we ordered our popcorn, our drinks and all that, had to wear a mask. You had to wear a mask in, in the whole building, you know. But once you got in the movie theater, it says on the screen that you're required to wear a mask, like when you sit down and watch the movie. And the only time you can't wear it is obviously when you eat popcorn and and drink your soda and stuff but i mean we didn't wear our mask when we were watching the movie so that's how it was basically i mean you know you, you didn't have to wear your mask all the time like you know going into the building and ordering your food and when the, the employees saw you you had to wear your mask but when we were watching the movie sitting down in the movie theater we didn't have to wear a mask how many people were at the movie theater? It's hard to say how many people exact were were there, but there was not a lot. I mean, there was yeah. the bare minimum, to be honest. Um, I think. Wait, how many people were usually at the movie theater in general? Like, how many people? Like before uh, COVID. I, it depends on the movie, but like yeah. if it's a decently new movie, uh, it would it gets um pretty full. I would say. How many on each row, basically? Like, how many people were sitting on each, like, row of the theater? Um, There's, like, three to four. Well, okay, it's, like, practically empty, though. Well, okay, the yeah. rows were spaced. Yeah. It was, like, oh, yeah, rows. did they have rows marked off? You know how, you know how at the churches, they have pew to pew, you know? It's, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, stuff marked off, yeah. And then they, they mark off this pew, and then they have the other pew to sit at. So, yeah, that's how it was at the movie theaters with the rows of seats. You know, they just have it marked off by each section, like, you know. Yeah, and I think it is interesting, like, you know, that they say you have to wear it when you're watching the movie. But it's like, if you get popcorn and a drink, you can't. Because I, that's what I think makes the movie theaters very interesting during COVID. Because, you know, everyone gets popcorn when you go to a movie. And it's like, well, you got to eat it, like. So you got to take down the mask for well, that. So that's what no, makes it a no. little bit kind of concerning. But like, yeah, so it's like, but how are they going? Like, I, I don't know how they should enforce it, though. Like if they're because like, you know, since you're watching the movie, you don't want the ushers in there interrupting you. Like wear your mask, like, you know, because you got popcorn. So I, I don't know. I think it's a weird thing. What do you think? Hey. About it? Well, obviously, I mean, well, if you obviously you're not going to wear your mask while you're eating popcorn. I mean, right. that's just common right. sense. I mean, that, but Brad, that's not an issue because, I yeah. mean, they don't expect you to wear your mask while you're eating popcorn right. or drinking yeah, soda. It's not that. It's just um wearing your mask while watching the movie. And okay. they say I, you have to on the screen before the movie comes on. They say you have to on the screen wear mm -hmm. your mask if required, but nobody does it. I mean, there's yeah, some no, people, it's like a few people that wear their right. masks. Right. watching the movie probably but 
the majority of people watching the movie do not wear their mask. Right, and I think that's, you know, with a lot of things. Like, I mean, I was at the grocery store uh, at Walmart a couple uh, last week, and it was like 50-50, but I, I think the grocery store is a little different. But, yeah, I mean, since you're eating popcorn, like, probably for at least the first one-fourth of the movie, yeah, yeah, they can't really enforce mask wearing while you're watching the movie and since you know and since like there's not really many people going to it right now at least mm-hmm. yeah it's not that big of a problem it, yeah so i think that is kind of interesting i think people if they want to go to the like if you're young you don't have anything wrong with you no health problems or anything yeah you can go to the movies but yeah i think it is um you know something not for everyone right now but I, I do think it is good, you know, they kind of, you know, they encourage the mask to enforce it, um, but, like, yeah, when you're watching the movie, I don't think they really can, because, like, then, you know, do they have to keep someone in there telling people where their masks, like, when they're done eating, and, but, yeah, I think it is um, something interesting, and I think it's sad that, you know, not everyone can really go to the movie theaters right now. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Let's have Logan speak on this, if. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I per like I was kind of scared of going to the movies like in March and April, like oh, when yeah. they're shut down and all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right now, right now, I would go to the movie theater because I feel like you can you can really social distance in there. Like you can, yeah. It's a really great place where you can enforce social distancing. Like if you're marking off pews and all that, I'm sure you could really enforce six. You could probably do them more than six feet apart. So I feel yeah, like yeah, you definitely can. Yeah, you definitely right. can. It's more safe probably than a some of the stuff that's really open right now, like a grocery store, probably even a restaurant. To be honest, because some restaurants uh, it's, it's definitely really way distance. better. Like. Indoor restaurants, oh yeah, I think a movie theater is way uh, more safe. Oh yeah, indoor yeah, it's like dining. more safer some stuff. My only problem is movie selection. Like, yeah. I'm sure that Tom Hanks movie was fire. Tom Hanks is fire, but like all There's the like big movies. blockbuster yeah. movies are kind of going to streaming, which yeah points which me to I don't this. Like, really? Yeah, but- I-, I hope the movie theater stays in business. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing like going to the theater. Like, for anyone who I'm sure everyone listened to saw Avengers Endgame. You have to see certain movies in a theater. You can't see them at home. You don't get the mm-hmm. same effect. Right. The theater experience should not like it can't die just because of the experience. Like right. I get and people I, are lazy, don't leave the house, but the theater mm-hmm. experience is unlike any other. So I would just be so sad the theater and died. And I think with these big theaters, I, I kind of read an article before this that was saying, you know, is if as long as like if there's good ventilation too in the movie theater, then you're probably going to be all right because you know. What the problem of being indoors when like you know you're eating so you don't have your mask on is like that that can like even though you're social distancing if the you know air circulation isn't good then you're breathing in most of the same air but if you have great circulate circulation of air which i think these big movie theater chains like amc and cinemark can do then i don't see a problem with anyone really going to a movie so I think it is really go at your own risk. You know, if you're mm-hmm. over 65, don't go to a movie theater. Don't go. Just yeah. don't go. Stay at home. Yeah. But like safe. if you're 17 and healthy, go ahead. Go to a movie. I, I want the movie theater, theater business to stay alive. So that, that's my last point. Do you, does anyone else have anything else to say about it? Well, my last point is just stay safe and plan accordingly. But, like, if you're able to, I don't see, like, the big risk of a movie theater because yeah. I feel like it's more safer than some stuff. Just I really feel like in my God business, though, that's the only problem with the movies. I hope like, it doesn't. I hope it, I hope it stays in business because there's nothing like the movie theater experience, like going to the movie theater, unless if you're lazy or a couch potato, you just want to <laughs> take your butt at home and 
do nothing. But, you know, I just – there's nothing like it. So, I really hope it stays in business. But I fear that it will go out of business because you can just stream all this, all these movies and stuff and, you know, watch them on Netflix and these other platforms you can watch them on. So, yeah. All right. Everyone. That'll conclude our movies and TV segment for this for this episode. Hope everybody enjoyed. And for our last segment, as always, we're going to do the hot takes segment where we look at everybody's hot takes and tell whether we agree or disagree and why. For this week, we had a theme of breakfast foods, gave us unpopular opinions and hot takes about breakfast foods. We posted a survey on our Instagram, which you should go follow, by the way, so you can participate in this segment. Waste of brain cells pod. Yeah, we're going to plug our Instagram real quick. Go follow it right now. After this episode, go follow it. But anyways, we posted a survey on there. We asked people to give us hot takes about breakfast, and we had a... We had a very good response for that. So if you want your opinion feature, just want to be overall involved in this show, please go visit that. And without further ado, I'm going to let Brad read off these hot takes and give you our opinion. All right. So the first one, um, sausage is overrated. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this one. No, it's not. You want to talk about uh, – well, when it comes to sausage, it depends on what sausage you're eating. Sausage links, fire. And then when it comes to actual like sausage – the only sausage you need to ever get is Nisa's sausage. The best sausage you'll ever eat in your life. I really don't think it's overrated. To be honest, you know, bacon, you know, is always number one, always the one eating the most. So I don't really think you could say sausage is overrated. So, Logan? Oh, I'll say it. It's pretty overrated. Okay. I, I don't think it's like, I don't hate it. I, I'm not a, I'm not a sausage hater. Like, I like it. But I don't yeah. think it's like an amazing food. Like I don't go out of my way to eat breakfast sausage. Yeah, it's just I, okay. I, I'll agree with that. I, it, um, it's not my favorite thing to eat. But like if there's sausage, I mean I'll eat some. Um, yeah, but like when it comes to like breakfast foods, I I'm, I don't really like look forward to sausage though. Jacob, what you think, Jacob? Sausage is overrated. First of all, okay. Um, I don't. There's something about it. I don't like it's. It's not. I don't know if it's spice. The, the spice of the sausage. I don't know what it is exactly. But I'm not a fan of sausage. Okay, it's, it's pretty decent. I just feel like it's overrated because I'm not gonna go out of my way to get sausage. Bacon's obviously way better. Liver mush is better than sausage. It is. Okay, that's how I feel right. about it. All right, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah. Um. I, I will be honest, I don't like sausage as much as I used to because um, one time we had like a pack of Nieces that was just like a day or two out of date and it mm. didn't taste good at all. It tasted funky, so it was kind of bad. All right, next one. Floppy bacon is better than crispy bacon. Um, I understand where people come with this. I like floppy bacon every once in a while, but I don't think it is. Look, I don't like super crispy bacon either because then it feels like you're just like just gnawing on something i think it kind of takes the flavor away if you get it really too crispy but my dad i think is the best um person who fries bacon ever he doesn't get too crispy and he doesn't get too floppy it's right in the middle so at the ends you get a little floppy fat piece with some salt and then it's not really super crunchy in the middle but like you know it's a little bit chewy and like you get a little more of that flavor that's how bacon should be cooked. I but yeah, when it comes to floppy bacon, I don't want my bacon all the way floppy. It tastes well, it tastes okay, but like it just feels like I'm eating something that wasn't cooked. Bacon is by far the best breakfast meat, but it should not be floppy or chewy. It needs a little bit of a crisp. Like I, Yeah, it does I, need crisp, yeah. Do, bacon is not meant to be floppy. It's meant to have a little bit of a crisp, not too much of a crisp, but a little crisp. 
I don't like chewy meat. Not a fan of chewy meat. Uh, I would like to, um, when, when I was talking about mine, I do like crispiness, but I don't like it where it's all completely crispy. Yes, exactly. Because then it's just like you feel like you're eating mm -hmm. it, like just gnawing on it for like way too long. I do like crispy bacon, though. I like some crisp. Jacob, what do you think? Okay, I like I like there to be a balance of floppy and crispy because I don't like it too crispy because like right. earlier just gnawing on something. And I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of crispy bacon. I, I mean, I like crispy bacon, but I'm talking about when it's too crispy, like super crispy. Yeah, that's what I was talking about too, yeah. But I like it when it's sort of like a little floppy. Like I like there to be a balance and a mixture, you know, of it being floppy bacon mm -hmm. and crispy bacon. I don't like it too crispy nor too floppy. Mm -hmm. All right. Next one. Um, scrambled eggs versus fried eggs. Um, I would like to go first. Um, they're both all right. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think – I understand why, why people like scrambled eggs um, better. I'm, I'm more of a fried guy, um, mainly because um, since I'm – a southern guy um i there's nothing like a fried egg with some grits and then i don't know if anyone else does this but you take your toast wipe it through the yellow the that's left over it, it doesn't get much better than that and like with fried eggs you can you know control how um runny you want the yellow to be um uh, but it, it, and for scrambled eggs for some reason i'm not the biggest fan of them like they're just kind of like i know people can make them a little bit more moist then uh like you can make it a little bit moist but i don't know they're just a little dry for me and i'm just not the biggest fan of scrambled eggs i think both are good both serve a good purpose like you said the sopping the toast is good i do that mm -hmm. sopping the toast mm -hmm. is good well it's good but i'm not like a huge like i like both but i'm like i'm not very invested on one side i'll go scrambled just because i think i prefer scrambled eggs a little bit better but both are good both serve a good purpose I prefer scrambled eggs over fried eggs because I like how you can put ketchup on scrambled eggs. I love that, honestly. A lot of people are going to hate me for that. That's fire. That's fire. It's fire, to be honest. Like, it really is. So, I prefer scrambled eggs over fried. And I really like fried eggs, too. I like both. I mean, they're both really good. But like I said, I prefer scrambled, scrambled eggs. The fact that you can put ketchup on them. I like how you can mix it in with cheese, too. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, that makes it good. Yeah, mm. you're right about that. Um, all right, next one. Eggs are only good on breakfast sandwiches. No, they are not. Look, um, I don't know if this person meant, like, breakfast sandwiches. Like, oh, you get a biscuit at, you know, Bojangles or breakfast burrito at Taco Bell. But, um, no, eggs serve many purposes, um, and they're good fried or scrambled, you know, on a Saturday. But look, I, I will, I, I do like, if you make like a, like fresh egg that you do yourself, make your own sandwich. Like my family, we get like English muffins and then we put, um, and this is honestly, everyone should try this. You get some Canadian bacon, egg, cheese, tomato. Mm. Oh, it, it's so good. Look, uh, also bacon, I know way better than Canadian bacon, but on Sounds the sandwich, good so good but dude fried eggs and scrambled eggs are just great by themselves and to be honest when they're on a biscuit or like you get it from a restaurant those eggs don't hit the same as eggs that you make at home to be honest but they are really good on breakfast sandwiches but i like eggs you know um just regular by themselves 
I think eggs are good, but I think they taste even better in a breakfast sandwich. So yeah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say they're only meant for breakfast. Like they only taste good in a breakfast sandwich. They taste good on their own, but I think they taste better in a breakfast sandwich. A breakfast sandwich with toast, bacon, and some cheese on the eggs is is fire in my opinion. That's a, that's a fire dish. I think the eggs are better in breakfast sandwiches. I'll say that. Just if you're going to eat an egg, they're good by themselves, but even better in like a biscuit or a sandwich. <clears throat> Personally, I never had eggs without breakfast. I know it's weird. Like, I never had eggs on, like, a lunch or dinner or whatever. Like, you know, like, I never had eggs when it's not breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, like, on a lunch sandwich, you know, like a burger or just, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, just any type of sandwich that's not related to breakfast. I never had eggs with. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> also, I want to point this out. Canadian bacon is the best bacon. We'll save that for another day. We'll save that for another day. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> okay, that is, yeah. that's, a, that's a horrible. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wow. a horrible take. All right, we're gonna move on. <laughs> move on. Move on. That's a terrible it take. Is, I'm sorry. It is so good, bro. I love. We'll Canada. save that. We'll okay, save that for okay. later. We'll save that for later. Okay. Save that for later. Uh, all right. Um, we'll be right back. Do, 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 do. I'm kidding. All right. Uh, this next one. Very interesting take. I, I think they said um, jelly on sausage. I think they meant like sausage biscuit on jelly. No, no. But I understand where they're coming from, though. I don't know if anyone else has had – has anyone else had like the little Smokies and they're in like that sauce and it has like I, – I know what's in it. It has like ketchup and then grape jelly. And I have no idea what you're slapped. talking about, to be honest. <laughs> I got no idea. So it, okay, okay. Well, I don't know. It's I like this do, one but... dish that people do in the crock pot. But but no, I don't think jelly on a sausage biscuit, I, like, it might be really good for savory and sweet. But no, don't do not do that. Um, no. I'm going to say whoever put this take, I read it, and it said sausage on oh, – I said, like, jelly on a sausage is gas, which is just great wording. Yeah. That's dang. I did like the wording. <laughs> I'll say this though. Yes. Grape jelly on a sausage biscuit is good. I don't care what you say, bro. That that improves okay. the biscuit. Yeah. It's it's good I on a sausage. I don't eat sausage good. biscuits a lot, but grape jelly on a sausage biscuit is very good. So whoever said this, Honestly, I agree with you. It's I do good. not agree. I, I... <laughs> okay. You Logan. I agree with Brad. Uh grape jelly or any kind of jelly rather does not belong on a sausage biscuit. Okay. It just don't, in my opinion. And I agree with Brad. Yeah, um, I, I will try it though. I've never tried it. I'll try it and then maybe I'll give it a second chance. But I don't. It just doesn't sound good. All right. Um, this is a very hot take. IHOP has superior pancakes than all other restaurants. No, if you've been to Cracker Barrel, you know that this is false. IHOP does not have superior pancakes. Cracker Barrel has the best restaurant pancakes and I will take that take to my grave. Whoever said this, please contact me and I will personally take you to the Cracker Barrel and buy you some pancakes. Because <laughs> Cracker Barrel yes. has the best <laughs> restaurant pancakes. It's a fact. The crispy edges, the soft middle. Oh, buttermilk. There's those The buttermilk pancakes, those little syrup things they give you with the little individual yes, containers. The they're warm. God, it's the best to breakfast a fast food restaurant. Not fast food, but a sit-down restaurant can give you. Like mm-hmm. one in you know, IHOP, Cracker Barrel, breakfast type place. Cracker Barrel has the best pancakes. This person, go get you some Cracker Barrel pancakes. It's on me. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> makes me want to cry. 
Makes me yeah. really want to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never had Cracker Barrel's pancakes. Oh, you're coming oh, on the trip, too. Get you some, too, man. You're... Okay. Oh, man, we all... They're fired. You got to give me some. Okay. So, I've had IHOP's pancakes. They're honestly really good. They're good, but I bet Cracker Barrel's are better, but I've never yeah. tried their You're coming with us. pancakes. I've never even tried their breakfast at all. I've never had anything on their breakfast menu. Yeah, you're coming on that trip yeah. with that oh, person. I'm coming on the trip. That comment. Yeah. So, also, um, um, si- this has nothing to do with this, but if you're ever at Cracker Barrel, get the hash brown casserole. You won't be disappointed. Fire, fire. Yeah. All right. And so this is the hot take that we got the most from the Instagram poll. Um, and so we got waffles versus pancakes and everyone who put this in well not everyone but most people who put waffles versus pancakes said that waffles are superior um i want to take mine for last so logan how about you go first on this one the only reason pancakes versus waffles is even a debate is because of cracker barrel pancakes but if we're talking about just the average pancake versus the average waffle waffles are better they even have little syrup compartments a fluffy waffle syrup compartments and you ever had a chocolate chip waffle? Chocolate chip waffles in this debate. Waffles are superior. All right. Jacob? Okay. Logan is right. Um, I was debating this between pancakes and waffles, but waffles are better. I mean, you know, the fact you have the chocolate chip waffle from Waffle House and just from any other place, too. Like, if you have a waffle, chocolate chip waffle, it's just amazing. And that just puts it over the top versus a pancake, you know. And it, like I said, I never had Cracker Barrel's pancakes, in which I want to try, but waffles are burning pancakes. All right. Um, this one, I, I really don't want to choose one or the other. For me, I'm either in a waffle mood or a pancake mood. And honestly, with waffles, this is what makes them special. And to be honest, I don't really put syrup on waffles that much. You get, like, you can get any good jelly put it on your waffle uh, you, you can do so many things with waffles though and this is what a new thing are you talking about what <laughs> no, no one else no. puts jelly on their waffle i don't no, no i've never i've never done really? that in my life all right you should do it but this is this new thing i'm doing all right so i cut up strawberries i put chocolate chips in this mixture and then put it all on top of the waffle top it with syrup you don't get much better than that um but uh, to be honest, I'm usually more in a pancake mood, and this is why. My dad makes the most fire chocolate chip pancakes ever. Mm. Some of the best pan, like, uh, well, Cracker Barrel versus my dad pan, my dad's pancakes. I, d- I don't want to try to do that at all, um, because if I tried to ever say Cracker Barrel's better, then my dad would probably kill me. But um, <laughs> but look, my dad makes the most fire chocolate chip pancakes, and it just doesn't get really better than them so i don't really want to say um which one is better but with waffles you could do more but the chocolate chip my dad's chocolate chip pancakes the best thing um i've ever almost ever eaten all right everyone so um that's it for your guys's um hot breakfast hot takes um we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with me logan and jacob's breakfast hot takes and welcome back. It's now time for our breakfast hot takes. So now we're going to let our guest, Jacob, go first. Jacob, what's your breakfast hot take? Liver mush is better than sausage, okay? I love wow. liver mush because, you know, the crispy liver mush, the crispy kind of liver mush is where it's at. 
when it's super thin, super crispy, it's way better than sauce. It's just not even a debate to me. And that's how I feel about it, okay? And the best combo, in my opinion, one of the best combos, probably not the best, but it's one of the best breakfast combinations is liver mush and egg, scrambled eggs. A super thin and crispy liver mush with scrambled eggs. Put the ketchup on the scrambled eggs. It just hits different. Come on now. It's amazing. Um, this, this to me is the battle of the inferior breakfast meats because bacon takes the cake <laughs> from all three, from all two of these battle of the inferior breakfast meats. I'll go sausage. I've never been a liver mush guy. I, I just don't really love the texture of it. Not a big fan of the taste. I've lived in the South all my life, but I, I don't like liver mush. Sorry to all my um, liver um, mush. If we have liver mush fans, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I never, ever, ever will eat any sort of organ um meat ever um i've had um a bad experience with um duck liver um uh, this will be a story for later but anyways i was at a fancy restaurant and like they had the charcuterie and i had duck liver on it and well it, it ended up bad that's all i'll say and ever since then i vowed to never eat any sort of organ meat so i've never had liver mush so i don't really have anything to say about this one but yeah interesting take Logan, how about you go next? Now, I guess some people are going to be really mad when I say this because I'm sure some people are very passionate about this for this this certain breakfast food. I think cereal is a little overrated. I'm just going to say it. I don't think cereal is as great as people make it out to be. In my lifetime, I have only liked three cereals. I like Cocoa Puffs. I like – or Cocoa Puffs, Cocoa Pebbles. I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I like Honey Nut Cheerios, and that's it. But I don't like love any cereal. I don't get how people can sit it down at night and have a bowl of cereal for like dinner. That's crazy to me. I don't see how people can do it. It's an okay breakfast food, but I just don't think it's like some people say it's the best breakfast food. I think those people are insane. I don't think cereal is even close to the best breakfast food. I yes. just don't think cereal is that great. I, I'm not a cereal guy. Yes. I think it's my I'm not a huge cereal guy, and I just don't think it's anything great to be honest i would much rather have yes. a toaster strudel or some oatmeal in the morning yes i am with logan on this all the way cereal no um look the thing about cereal is well i'm i'm not even a big cereal guy but my favorites probably are cinnamon toast crunch elite um yeah it's any sort of chocolate cereal um at my house we eat um what is it um they like Rice Krispies. They make um, Cocoa Krispies. It's chocolate Rice Krispies. They're pretty good. And then I've always been um, a Frosted Flakes guy. But look, cereal, it doesn't really stay with you. And to be honest, yeah, I don't – cereal, it, it's not elite. It's not that great. I, I would much rather have um, a couple other things for breakfast besides cereal. And Fruity Pebbles are trash. Point that out. I don't like Fruity Cereal. Fruity Pebbles Fruity cereal is are terrible. trash. Fruity you don't cereal like fruity pebbles? No. I'm not. A fr- I don't like fruity pebbles. I much cocoa ones are better. I don't know. Oh, like cocoa ones are better. No. I don't like fruity pebbles at all. Cereal needs milk. No fruit and milk. No, no, no. Please, no. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right, Brad. Let's hear your breakfast hot take. All See right, what you got, um, buddy. After this episode, I'm going off the grid. Everyone's going to hate this hot take, and I might die. So it's nice knowing you guys. Um. <laughs> French toast sucks. I hate French toast. I've never liked it. I've given it multiple chances. And to be honest, I don't like it. Everyone in my family loves it. My mom especially loves it. And 
look to me i don't know what it is um it just doesn't hit for me i mean it's one time i it like you know since it's in kind of like a sort of egg wash with like egg vanilla milk i don't know what all is in it but it just didn't taste that good to me to be honest i could taste like i don't know i could definitely taste it was like kind of from eggs too so i don't know i kind of taste a little egg but i yeah. don't like french toast i've given it multiple shots i would much rather have a pancake or a waffle it is just no i don't like it okay when jacob said canadian bacon was better than bacon i thought that was the worst thing i'd ever heard this tops the cake this is worse than that take that take was terrible this one's worse this one's worse french toast is fire for anyone says it's fire it's better than pancakes it's fire with the cinnamon you put a little if you get some cinnamon on there some syrup put some whipped cream on there i know it's very oh it's oh yes chocolate and put a little strawberries very put a lot of toppings on there i know i'm sounding like a diabetic with all those topics but french toast (laughs) is fire it is fire if you put it with some bacon even more fire because you got the sweet and savory going on. But I'm just saying French toast with the cinnamon is great. It depends on who makes it, though. I will say that. Some people make it better than others. Not taking shots at anybody. I'm just saying sometimes some people's French toast is better. But some good homemade French toast with all the toppings, the syrup, the whipped cream. Mm. It, it almost can't be beat for oh, breakfast. It's, it's, Brad, no offense. Your opinion's incorrect on this. Okay, it's yeah. Uh, also, I, I, I kind of have, like, just a little side thing I want to say. Biscuits and gravy. If you're from the South, you know what this is. Biscuits and gravy is underrated. One one of the best breakfast things ever. Get you yourself some good sausage gravy. Tear mm. apart a good biscuit. It's different. Oh, it's fire, but it doesn't take away from the fact that your take is terrible. I know. I know. Exactly. I, I'm sorry, everyone. Come on um, now. You're a disappointment. Please forgive me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right. Tube, anything you got to add to that take? Does anything like you want to add to that terrible take? French toast is amazing, Brad. Okay, I don't get what you're thinking. Someone dropped okay. you on your head. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, I so in conclusion for hot takes this week, that's gonna do it. Let's all remember: Brad thinks French toast sucks, and Jacob thinks Canadians bacon better than regular bacon. I think they're both insane. Please send them help, and thank you guys for listening this week. Well, everyone, that's the show. Well, once again, thank you for listening. It means a lot to me and Logan that you guys listen to this um, podcast. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you didn't, act like it never even happened. Um, once again, follow us on our Instagram at Wasted Brain Cells Pod. Um, we really enjoyed asking um, followers for hot takes, and uh, I think we will continue to do that. And once again, if you want to be a guest on the show, um, Please reach out to either me or Logan on Instagram um, DMs. Um, We do have a few people lined up, but we are glad to have guests of any background. If you don't like talking about sports, well, we can change it. We like to have different opinions on this show. Um, Remember, last episode got 39 views. Can we break 40? This time, it really mean a lot to me. Also, the podcast is now on more than just Spotify. Um, it is on Google and a few more um, podcast platforms. Still not on Apple. I'll have to try to figure that out. But um, we'll work on it. Thank you guys again for listening. And we're at the end of 2020, everyone. We made it. Here's to 2021. Thank you guys. Goodbye.